Brethren, join in following my example and observe those who walk according to the pattern you have in us. Philippians chapter 3, verses 17. And welcome back to another episode of Bridge Radio. Coming at you out of the great state, the Lone Star State of Texas. Texas. And that is the Presidente, Mr. Steve Den Hartog. And we have a special guest. She's been on the program again, the Sheologian, the, the President's wife, the wifey, Miss... Uh, Miss Leanne did hard talk. I got my babe by me this this afternoon. Yep, we're sharing we're sharing your screen, hon. So <laughs> I know, yeah, I know. Right now they, they have the questions. They're sharing the questions that we have for our guests today, and I had to take a picture. I was like, y'all look so cute, <laughs> so so cute. With our headsets on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're gonna have to post that one up. That one's coming up. Um, but anyway, guys, thank you for tuning in today. Please subscribe. We are on iTunes, Windows, Google Play, Stitcher Radio. I know we had someone give a shout out that they listen to us there and uh, you could also download our bridge app just go to our app store type in bridge ministries and you'll see our logo name and slogan coffee and good news and you can find a lot of theological goodness there uh and today we're actually going to be interviewing a uh, first-time guest but we're going to be talking about biographies and the importance of biographies and christian reading we're going to be talking about anselm knox and maybe some Calvin, other luther some yeah. other ones yeah, she's uh, she's an author of uh, a lot of Christian biographies. But uh, any anyway, any announcements, Steve? Any, anything new? We got uh, more stuff coming up on the uh, new building. Yeah, the the building. So so right now with Bridge Ministries, we are looking into a new facility. Two stories. How many square feet is that, Steve? Ten thousand square feet. Oh it would goodness. allow us to expand tremendously. Yes. Further our outreach amazingly. It would. It would. So we're, you're going to see some rollouts, some videos on all that stuff. But um, yeah, we're going to be rolling out a campaign. But if you guys would please like to support us in that endeavor, we're right on the border of Mexico. We were planted in South Texas, literally like five miles away from the border. And so largest uh, land port in the U.S. So we get a lot of traffic coming through here. Just a great opportunity to reach not only South Texas, but Mexico, Central America. Yeah. So. Yeah. So we, we definitely want to be the means by which the Reformation continues Amen. into uh, South America and definitely in our We're community. carrying it forward 500 years later. Yes, we are. We are. We are. All right, Stephen Leanne, we we ready to start this interview? Let's We're do ready. it. All righty. So Simonetta Carr was born in Italy and has lived and worked in different cultures. Uh, a former elementary school teacher, she has homeschooled her eight children for many years. She lives in Santee, California with her family and is a member and Sunday school teacher at Christ United Reformed Church. She is the author of the series we're going to be talking about today, Christian Biographies for Young Readers, published by Reformation Heritage Books. And thank you for joining Bridge Radio, Simonetta. Thank you for me. Yes. It, uh, am I pronouncing your first name correctly? Yes. Yes? Okay. We're, we were a little unsure because down here, vowels could, they're interchangeable. <laughs> <laughs> well, say it again because I, sometimes I don't pay attention. Simonetta? Yeah, yeah. You show me right. Okay. Yes, All right. I, I've, learned, I've learned to kind of ignore. Yes. <laughs> we've all, yeah, we've all had that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's the Italian correct pronunciation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, for listeners who are unfamiliar with your work and 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 you, could could you talk a little bit about yourself and and how you came to saving faith? Um. Well, I was raised a Roman Catholic. I, I was born and raised in Italy, so as you can tell by my accent, um, 
I was a very serious Roman Catholic. I just really uh, identified with Martin Luther in some ways. I was very concerned about my sins. I I remember writing down my sins because I was afraid of forgetting one when I went mm-hmm. to confession. And then I figured out that I couldn't possibly do that. I would have to spend my whole day writing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. So basically, I I remember one time I went to, to confession and I said I, I broke every commandment, but I didn't kill anybody. I thought that would sum it up. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I have lots of fun stories about my Roman Catholic upbringing. But anyway, I really wanted to become a saint, actually. I was buying books to see how I could become a saint. Um, And then, uh, but, you know, as as I became a teenager, I started to have questions and couldn't find answers. Um, My father was actually an ex monk or or friar i think he was a friar um yeah he he came out of monkhood whatever you call it to marry my mother so Mm -hmm. another story (laughs) (laughs) yeah so anyway he um he couldn't tell me either you know with uh, my questions and then i think what what made the difference is when I met some American evangelicals that were in Italy. Hmm. And um, I'm not sure if I fully understood what was going on at that time because, you know, sometimes evangelicals might have uh, set formulas and they think everybody understands, Mm -hmm. but Hmm. um, I didn't. So they asked me to pray, you know, the, the usual uh, prayer, ask Jesus into my heart. I didn't even know what that meant. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> um, but the good thing, they gave me a copy of the Gospel of John. So that sent me in the right direction. Wow. And so I think a full understanding of the Gospel came much later. Mm-hmm. You know, through, I, I had to go through a lot of other experiences and... Um, I married, uh, my husband was a Christian, so, you know, um, we started a journey together, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it's been, it, it's been a long process, but, you know, I eventually came to um, a full understanding right. of the gospel, which is, uh, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and so how was that? How did your family react with you know, it in Italy, it being heavily Roman Catholic, and then you becoming a Protestant. Was there any, uh, uh, I guess, backlash in that? No, no, they didn't care. Um, yeah, they were not. I, I was the religious one in the family. Okay. <laughs> My parents didn't really care too much. They didn't go to church very much, and. Uh, no, I remember my mother initially. She didn't know what was going on when I, when I came home, hmm. when I met those, uh, those evangelical. Because I didn't know what was going on either. So <laughs> she, she said, uh, she asked me why I was so late. Because uh, because of them, I, I missed the last bus of the night, and mm-hmm. I had to walk. Hmm. Um, and I said, I don't know. I met some people. I think that. They baptized me. I didn't even know how to express that. I, I knew it was some sort of ceremony. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't know how to, to express it. But yeah, just, they didn't care. My parents, they 
you know, they accepted it. And then later I, I tried to talk to them. Um, I don't know if they ever really understood. Um, yeah, my mother, I think both of them thought they they knew what, what was true or false. Yeah. And, you know, they didn't pay too much attention to what I was saying. But who knows? You know, I'm, I'm hoping and praying that because mm-hmm. uh, they're both dead. So I'm right. hoping that... Um, hmm. Um, they would be with yeah. the Lord somehow. Yeah. Hearing your story just just reminds me and affirms, uh, you know, how God predestines us, His predestinating grace in calling us to Himself. You know, and in uh, yeah. growing up in the family that you that you grew up with, and having mm-hmm. that sincere hunger, mm. you know, in your heart to know the Lord. Yeah and to mm-hmm. to uh, have a relationship with him, but not really even knowing how to go about doing that, you know? And so I, I just, right. it's just, it's just the grace of God, and it's just amazing. I, I love that story. I do too, yeah. Yeah. And I think, I don't know, it just made me chuckle too, because when I first was presented the gospel, I was not really understanding either and i remember coming home and telling my parents i I think it was seventh grade and i said i'm a christian now and i'm not going to sin anymore (laughs) my dad said we'll see how long that lasts but yeah i did not have a lot of understanding but yeah thanks to the lord we've all grown (laughs) yeah well that's great so simonetta can you give us a little bit of the uh the history of your uh, christian biographies for young readers series and tell us you know kind of what the catalyst was for uh starting that series of christian books uh yeah i um i was homeschooling my kids at that time and um and I was also going to the church where I go right now, the um, uh, in Christ United Reformed Church. Uh-huh. So uh, we had a, an intern teaching church history for Sunday school for adults. And wow. uh, I was quite impressed because I had never studied church history. So uh, because I was homeschooling and uh, um, my curriculum centered around history, which is the way many parents decide to center their curriculum, um, I was thinking, well, why don't I include church history (laughs) in the midst? And so I tried to do it at home, but at the same time, I couldn't find the type of books I wanted. There were lots of um, biographies for kids, but I was looking for some that um, included the history of theology because I wanted my kids to see how we came to believe what we believe today, uh, which is, of course, it's it's all biblical, but, you know, as you know, in, throughout the history of the church, there have been challenges mm-hmm. to, to different doctrines, and also some doctrines have been refined uh, through uh, thinking about it and writing about it. And, um, and so I wanted to, to give them something like that, and I couldn't find it. So um, it was almost uh, the year before John Calvin's uh, 500th anniversary. So I thought oh, it would be nice to do a series of books that center on theology. And, uh, and I thought John Calvin would be a good one to start. Sure. And I asked the 
the intern at my church um, to write such a book. <laughs> and he said no. <laughs> he said he wasn't really interested in doing that. And, and so it was funny because I, I was really convinced that that book was important. So I I tried to make a mock-up book mm-hmm. with uh, you know, paper and drawings and everything, and I gave it to him, and I said, see, just something like this, and, and nothing, he just still was not interested. And finally, somebody said, why don't you do it? And I, I thought it was funny. Um, you know, I never thought I'd write the book. But um, I tried. I, I, I tried with my kids, mostly for fun. We were doing it together, and uh, uh, I found somebody who... Um, offered to do the illustrations for me, and I started to uh, present it to one publisher. Initially, I asked somebody in my church what they thought, and they gave me the name of one publisher, so I tried. And this publisher was not extremely um, encouraging. He was also saying he would never find anybody to do it in color. So he told me the illustrations had to be black and white, and that solved the mystery why John Calvin is in black and white. (laughs) (laughs) And also, he said, but he said, okay, but I need a formal proposal. And I had no clue what that was. So I went to the library, got the book on how to write a formal proposal, and I did that. And and then he said, I, I need a couple of chapters. So I sent a couple of chapters, and at the end he said no. And then I said, well, I've done all this work. And so what I did, I just sent it to every Christian publisher I could think. Mm. And one said yes, and that's all I needed. And it Mm -hmm. turned out it was the absolute best because they Mm. turned the book into something much better than I was envisioning. And, you know, right now these books are, uh, you know, many people describe them as coffee table books. The, the quality is, is wonderful, and, mm. and that's, uh, you know, that's all Reformation Heritage book uh, uh, doing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they get all the credit. Yeah, I want to comment on that just a little bit more because um, we homeschool. I'm a public, former public school teacher, and um, we have used your books. And um, I was just refreshing my mind. We had listened to a podcast several weeks ago about the importance of um, reading biographies. And he mm-hmm. stated that, you know, they need to be, one, hold to the Bible, but two, accessibility, readability. And I love that about your books because they're so inviting. Um, I love your illustrator. I think for most of them, you've had Matt Abraxas for almost all of them. And um, just the variety, because you have photographs, you have, you know, um, reprint things, you have pictures of of sculptures, um, pictures of people's signatures, you have timelines. And then I love these little sections you have, like, did you know? And I love those because sometimes I use those, I might read something from the did you know section before we start reading the book. Because uh-huh. it's kind of that anticipatory set of, oh, let's be looking for this. Um, and also, I just like the structure as far as, like, all your um, edges of your pages have, like, the chapter title. So I don't even have to open the book. I can look at the edge of the page and know exactly where I am in the book. Yeah. 
I just love these books because the variety draws the reader in, whether you're a child or an adult. And yeah. I just love these books. Just again, like you said, the whole way they turned out is really um, just beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm glad. I hope uh, RHB is listening. <laughs> <laughs> well, they are an excellent publisher. We love uh, Reformation Heritage oh, books. Yes. If, yeah. If I could have my own uh, bookstore, yeah. uh, which we do now, but <laughs> yeah. if, if I had to uh, trade places, I would definitely go with Reformation Heritage. They are they're a great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Great company. But going back to what you said about um, Christian history and how important it is for us to have that in order for us to know why we believe what we believe, I think that that is so critical, you know, because our Christian faith is, you know, historical going all the way back to, well, to the garden, you know, and then to the story of Abraham and then, you know, the, uh, the young church and then throughout the Middle Ages and the Reformation. And so it's so important for us to be reminded that, you know, our faith comes from somewhere and the reasons that uh, we believe what we, we believe. And so I really appreciate you doing this because, uh, it uh, it helps us, and it's not. These books are not just for kids, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, adults yeah. find them very interesting as well, mm-hmm. um, because it's got solid history, and uh, ju- they're just a very easy to read uh, biography. And so we just uh, we we really appreciate what you've done with this. Oh, thank you. So why do you think biographies are so important uh, for a? not only for children, but also for adults. You talked about it a little bit, but uh, can you flesh that out a little bit more? Yeah, uh, well, I think they're important for children and adults for pretty much the same reasons. For one, as I said, was uh, to understand better why we believe what we do today. But also, um, it it kind of broadens your uh, your view of... uh, of things if you see um, how people uh, thought and and acted in the past because sometimes you know if you don't do that you just see what's around you you know especially I I think probably especially children they grow up in, in a church and they that's all they know about Christianity. Mm-hmm. And um, and it's like, I think it was C.S. Lewis that said the past is a foreign country. Oh, yeah. um, but you can learn so much, and it helps to, to understand people's questions. And uh, also, when you see how the church had to uh, struggle to preserve biblical doctrines, um, you know, sometimes the the heretics were uh, the best thing that happened to the church in some yeah, cases. Very true. <laughs> because it helped the church to to codify their uh, their beliefs and into creeds and confessions, and and it, it, it stirred people up to really think about certain issues. Exactly, and um, and I think when children see that, um, that you know, it's not like uh, you know somebody just woke up in the morning and uh, with a certain doctor on their mind or something. Mm-hmm. But when they see that the people have really thought things through and and mm-hmm. questioned and and um, 
to determine whether things were really biblical or not. I think it will strengthen their faith and conviction. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. Um, so another thing about your your series is that it has a combination of both female and male biographies. And I think, um, especially from Reformed theology, we could tend to lean more on focusing on the males. The dead uh, white guys. Yes, yes. <laughs> and and so I would, li- I would really like f- for you to talk about one of the female biographies, specifically uh, mm-hmm. Lady Jane Grey. Um, mm-hmm. wh- 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 who was she and, and, and what happened to her? Yeah, she was, um, uh, she's known as the Nine Days Queen. Uh, she ruled for pretty much nine days. It depends on when you want to start counting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, less than two weeks, um, which is interesting because nobody calls her Queen Jane. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's always Lady Jane. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, she was uh, um, she was appointed by King Edward VI uh, and um, uh, his counselors were very happy about that choice, but because uh, Edward died in such a quick way and um, didn't have time to go through all the proper channels, in the meantime, uh, Mary um, Tudor, who was uh, King Harry's uh, uh, daughter uh, claimed the throne, the throne, and she had a lot of supporters. So she ended up uh, ruling instead of Jane. Okay. So it's the story of this very short time in uh, Jane's life, because um, she died uh, when she was still a teenager. And uh, but but it's an interesting story because she was very um, committed to to the Protestant faith and, and she um, she fought for it and and you know she stayed faithful until the end so I think it's very inspiring for children and what I try to do with all these books because as you said you know normally we write about men the men if if you're trying to write the history of theology you naturally uh, gravitate toward the men because they're the ones who wrote theology. But um, I do try, because I include women, and I think it's important to do so for our daughters, um, I I think uh, uh, I I try to include some theology in in their stories too. and Lady Jane, well, she did not write theology, but she stood up uh, for what she believed, and, and she she was very clear in her in her convictions. Uh, so I, I included some of that in the book. Yeah, that resonates because I think today, right now, we don't have a lot of noble illustrations of people who regardless of whether they were the theologian or they were following sound theology, being really mm-hmm. able to run that race, even if it is um, extremely difficult. And a great biography, um, again, shows Christian character. It shows how they work toward goals, the self-denial that's mm-hmm. needed. But again, how God breaks into this dedicated life for his glory. And I just think more and more... Um, 
we've got to get these positive examples out because kids yeah. no longer are seeing them. And the ones that used to maybe be included in history in the public schools are being taken out. And so, again, it's just people have kind of given up hope. They think no one um, lives up to those standards. And it, it, it makes it reminds me of the girl in Bo- that was kidnapped by Boko Haram, and I'm forgetting her name right now, but, you know, 15 years old, was willing to not renounce Christ and stay with her kidnappers, even yeah. though everybody else went back to their village. She was yeah. the one girl who would not renounce Christ. And right. I said, we need these examples. Yeah. We do. There's also um, another one that you have who's a female is Mary Durand. Can you talk a little bit about her? Yeah, she's, uh, she was uh, French. And um, in some ways, the story um, is similar, similar in the sense that she also uh, remained faithful to her, her faith. So that's basically uh, what she did. But in both cases, I think it's uh, it's interesting that they really knew what they believed. It's not, uh, it wasn't just a nebulous faith. Mm. They, they really um, yeah. were really uh, convinced. And uh, so her story uh, is in the 18th century. We are close to the to the French Revolution, just before the French Revolution. So France at that time was Roman Catholic, and it was uh, uh, fiercely Roman Catholic. The, the, the king didn't want Protestants in his uh, country because they were uh, they were a nuisance. You know, it's like um, you're trying to rule a country. You have a lot of other problems. You don't want. Uh, Mm. to have religious problems too so let's have everybody believe the same thing and it's easier um (laughs) so that's what he thought and uh, and but then you know uh the french protestants which we often call you cannot they were um fighting anyway they they (laughs) they had some wars of rebellion against uh against the crown and then uh, what I found very interesting is that um, at the time of Marie Durand, those wars of rebellions had started to die down, but there were a few people who were um, committed to starting a uh, a French Protestant church uh, by training pastors, and they. They really wanted to go back to the to the um, the orderly uh, way of doing things, and that mm-hmm. that you find in. So you know, he um, her brother Pierre was one of them, and there were a few others, young people. Most of them were young people, and they went to study in uh, Switzerland. Okay. And and then they worked over that goal, um, preaching, and they had to preach underground because otherwise they would be killed. Mm-hmm. Um, they uh, started a, a seminary in uh, France with the purpose of uh, training leaders for uh, sorry in Switzerland, the purpose of training leaders for France. Um, so to me, that was very interesting how, you know, they were against violence, they were against uh, uh, ad-lib prophecies, you know, there were people at that time that just because the church was so disorganized, there were mm-hmm. so many 
self-made prophets that um, said that they could uh, uh, speak for God. So they were mm-hmm. trying to, to, you know, calm down all those uh, those uh, extremes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it, it's good. That, you know, I, I thought it was a good thing for children to see um, how. Um, we have the same thing today in some yeah. ways, you know, people who just <laughs> yes. yeah, go off their own uh, little deep end. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, yeah, because of Pierre, because of um, his attempts to, to um, reorganize the French church, um, the government could not catch Pierre. They wanted to, so they they captured his father and then Marie and put them in prison instead because they would do that sometimes, you know, thinking, well, if I put their family in prison, um, maybe the person will uh, will uh, soften and, uh, you yeah. know, give up. And, and he didn't, which was a really difficult decision for him to say, no, I, I have to continue to preach. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so anyway, the story is about Marie, and she ended, ended up in prison, and she stayed there for, I'm forgotten now, I think it's 38 years. Wow. Um, I know, it's a very long time. So uh, when, when I first started to write this book, I, I actually had one lady in my church who, who uh, is French uh, and uh, she and she suggested this title and uh, I was hesitant I said you know what what do I say about the, a woman that was in prison for 38 years mm-hmm. and like and she was in prison and she was in prison <laughs> but um, I, I actually found a lot to say because I, I included the story of her brother, but then there was so much going on, even in prison. There were there were people. It, it was so easy to get out in a way because all you had to do is just say I'm sorry. Mm. They didn't even want you to say I'm going to change my religion. Just say you're sorry for <laughs> attending. A Protestant worship, right? Mm-hmm. So they thought it was really easy. Just say that, and they couldn't. They just couldn't. You know, um, how can I say I'm sorry for doing something that I think it, uh, it's right? Yeah. And so uh, it must have been extremely tempting, mm-hmm. you know, to get find a way out because the, the prison was awful. Uh, it rained inside. There were all kinds of sicknesses and yeah. yeah it was an awful place but yeah she stayed no matter what and at the same time she wrote letters trying to um to help people outside to understand what was going on and it took a long time for for people to, to understand because that was the time before the French Revolution. So even people who were not Protestant, they started to understand that that was wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but it took a long time for them to even realize what was going on in the prison. It's not like today you have TVs or internet. Yeah. 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 So yeah. 
I just, I don't know. I thought, I, yeah, I love that because I think so many times, especially today, you know, as my daughter will say to me, oh, that's a first world problem. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think when you read those things, um, they resonate and they help us to see that, you know, um, you know, to rely on God and to take and to our words should mean something and our oaths should mean something. Yeah. And yes. maybe what we're going through is really not that difficult. But whether it is or isn't, um, you know, again, to call on God and to ask his strength and his wisdom instead of just saying, well, let's just get out of here the easiest way, least resistant. Um, again, I love, I love stories like that because they encourage me yes. to keep going when things are hard. Yes. Yes. So moving on to some of the stories that you've written about men throughout church history, you have one with uh, Anselm of Canterbury, one of my favorite characters from the 11th century in church history. And uh, so can you, can, you talk out, can you talk a little bit about uh, Anselm and uh, why, why he is important for us in church history? Yeah, this is also one of my favorite books. Uh, um, I had a lot of fun writing this, um, maybe because of the time period, I don't know. But um, he was uh, uh, he was born uh, between the uh, 11th and 12th centuries. He, well, he lived between those times, mm-hmm. and um, and that was a time when uh, uh, the struggle between popes and emperors was uh, was the toughest, I guess. Um, so he was part of all that. He had to deal with uh, with kings, and uh, it wasn't really his cup of tea. He wanted to be a theologian. He wanted to just write and uh, sure. and and teach. <laughs> yeah. But he had to deal with the very very stubborn kings. Mm. So the story is kind of exciting because of them, because of everything that happened to him in sure. his. Uh, in his uh, life in England, especially, uh, but also when he was a young uh, man, his life was also uh, quite av- adventurous. Uh, he left Italy to go to study, then he, he ended up in a monastery in France, and that's when he hmm. <laughs> became a monk. Yeah, so it, it's a very interesting story. Um, why is it important in churches there? Because, as I was saying, I don't write about just any interesting character. Otherwise, I, you know, I could pick anybody. Sure. But um, it, it, to me, his importance is particularly for what he wrote, and especially for his book. Um, why the God Man? Yes. Yeah. So uh, that's what I wanted to, the kids to understand. I wanted them to understand why that's an important question yeah. to ask. Oh, why so did critical. God have to become man? Yeah. And um, yeah, I think it's, uh, I, that's the part I like actually the most about writing these books when I when I need to um, to shorten some theological 
complicated theological mm, sure. thought into one paragraph for kids. Sure. Uh, I think I really like that challenge. But, um, yeah, I think it's uh, it came out pretty clear uh, for kids, and I, I try to include a little bit of his writings at the end. Yeah. Uh, help them to understand even more so so yeah. i think overall it's it's a fun life and then that particular uh, uh book is so foundational that um I, I hope it will help children to understand right um why why christ came yeah as a, like God man. Like you said, it is so foundational, you know. Yeah. Anselm kind of fleshed out, pun intended, <laughs> why Christ needed to be flesh, but why he was also divine. You know, you you yeah. quote here from Anselm himself, it it says mm-hmm. uh, if only God can make this satisfaction that is for sin, and only mm-hmm. a man ought to make it, it is necessary that a God man make it. You know, and so that's why we needed to have a savior. We needed to have a mediator who was both human and divine because we needed somebody like us, but we also needed somebody who was perfectly holy and righteous. And we needed, that's why we needed a, a God man. So, yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's critical for all of us to believe. And yeah. the younger that we can get them started and understanding that, the better. Also, in that same book, you had a photograph of a document of Matilda, Countess of. Con- oh yeah, and I love that yeah. that picture you had in yeah. there because uh, the translation of her signature was Matilda, who, if she is something, it is by God's grace. And again, I, I just when I saw that, and I just thought for kids, what a what a cool idea for them yeah. to say, what what is your signature? You know, mm-hmm. what is it that we truly give the glory to God? Mm. And yeah. again, that's yeah. why I love these books because there's just so many yeah. little nuances that. It, well, again, it's like God's word, you know, um, you yeah. can read it over and over and every time maybe something new happens mm-hmm. or you, you pick up on something. I know there was an mm-hmm. old interview um, I saw where you had quoted your son, Jonathan, who was five at the time and how he liked another church better because he said the old church, he just had heard the same stories over and over. But here he was actually yeah. learning something new. And I think that's the thing. This is yeah. such a a cool way to make the Bible come alive is that you see, again, how it is so dynamic and, um, again, tested by these people of faith. You know, like you said, they didn't just kind of wake up and think this. This was was Mm -hmm. sweat and tears. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, uh, Simonetta, what is your favorite Christian biography, not out of the series, but maybe just your personal favorite in, in all of church history? Um, yeah, that's a difficult question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too, me uh, too. Yeah. Maybe... Uh, maybe... talking about how, like, uh, as a book... Um, sure, yeah, we could do I that. I don't know. That, uh, yeah, as a, as a book, a well-written biography, I think I really enjoyed the biography of uh, uh, John Newton by Jonathan Aitken. Oh, yeah. Um, I think that was really well-written. It was... Uh, Probably the one I enjoyed reading the most okay. as readability and uh, and also how he um, he uh, was able to um, convey Newton's uh, thoughts and emotions and I always appreciate that. Mm. Um, but I don't know if that's what you meant. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that that that's fine as well. And and I guess now, wh- which one out of the series would you consider your your favorite that, that you wrote? Yeah. yeah, that's also difficult okay. for different <laughs> reasons. Like I said, I a lot of fun writing about Anselm. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of fun writing about um, Irenaeus because. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, to me, that was another challenge. We only knew maybe three things about him, four, um, that he was born, he died, and he <laughs> moved to Leon, and he wrote a book, and that's basically it. Yeah. So I, I, I had to write a 64-pages book about this man. But I really wanted to do it because, again, how important Irenaeus is in our theology. So um, I, I enjoyed that a lot. And then I, I think uh, the last book that I write ends up being my favorite too. Um, and the very last one I wrote, which is uh, not out yet, it should be out in in the fall, is B.B. Warfield. Mm-hmm. And that was also a challenge. I think people asked me how I was going to write a biography about him because, again, we don't know much about it. Um, I think there's a, a, a lot of material about him, letters that he wrote, um, uh-huh. yeah, quite a bit of stuff, but it's all sitting on a desk of a professor somewhere, and <laughs> he's writing <laughs> yeah. a biography, and um, we're all waiting for it, so yeah. in the meantime, there's not much around, but, but it was fun. Uh, I was excited that I was able to uh, write this book. And also, the same reason, because Warfield is so important. Mm -hmm. So to be able to convey to children uh, the things that Warfield taught um, was very exciting for me. I want to encourage our listeners to really, you know, it's summer, school year is ending, and this is really a great time to, you know, maybe like we've been doing in Bible studies. Mm-hmm. I was talking with some other moms this morning, and this is a great time to, to read some biographies this summer. Um, we're mm-hmm. getting ready to take a long road trip, um, and my mom always read to us in the car. And we listen to books on tapes in the car, or, you know, bring a book and read to your kids in the car. But, you know, read biographies, mm-hmm. and you can even use these as, a, as part of your family devotion time. And I happened to check out Reformation Heritage Books last night, and they have several of your books on sale. So this is another good time, you know. But mm-hmm. I just think this is such a great time to utilize, you know, the break in the summer and, and read some biographies because it always helps, encourages me in my faith. Um, and, again, gets me more and more in love with God's Word, which is the whole point. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Um, all right, Simonetta. Well, it was a pleasure to have you on the program. But before we end, we always like for our guests to share the gospel. So if you would do that, that would be that'd be great. Okay. Well, the the easiest way for me to do it is um, to tell you how um, I do it for children, um, because in every book I try to share the gospel, or at least to introduce children to the gospel. And um, so basically I want them to know what the gospel is. The gospel is the the announcement of uh, the life, death, and resurrection of Christ um, for 
our sins. Mm-hmm. It's uh, that he uh, came, he lived, and he died, and he resurrected to um, to remedy uh, the biggest problem humanity has, which is uh, uh, our enmity with God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was uh, caused uh, during the at the time of the our first parents fall. Mm. <clears throat> so that's basically I'm trying to tell kids in every in every book to go back to that story that mm. everything is about that. Mm. And the gospel is is the foundation of the Christian faith. Without the gospel we would not have Christianity. There's no need for Christianity without the gospel because uh Christianity is not um, a teaching of how to be good or what mm-hmm. to do, right. but it's really an announcement Amen. of what Christ has done for us, and yeah. and that's it. That's what I tell kids in every book. Amen. And I think that that's so critical to understand that the gospel is an objective fact. It is something yeah. that God has done for us in Christ, right. you know, and it's not something that we do. Uh, you know, it's not a betterment uh, self-help plan. It is something yeah. that God has done for us. And when we realize our desperate need for him and put our faith in him, then we have that, uh, that assurance that we are his. And so thank you for that. Yeah, yeah, I, I even I recall Martin Luther saying that the gospel is so simple to understand and teach that even a child could understand it. Yeah. So, yes. um, all yeah. right, Simonetta. Well, it was a pleasure to have you on. Where can our listeners find uh, not only you but also your books besides Bridge Ministries? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I do have a website. Uh, um, if you do simonettacaro.com, but there's a dash between. Simonetta Anchor, because somebody stole me. Yeah. <laughs> <The other> <laughs> <one>. <laughs> um, or, you know, I mean, even a Google search can get you there. Sure. Uh, but also, uh, the books are on Amazon and uh, Reformation Heritage books and a lot of uh, online bookstores. Okay. All righty. Well, thank you so much. We definitely have to have you back on again. Yeah, when your new yeah, book comes out. <laughs> yeah, I, I love B.B. Warfield. He's one of my favorite uh, Protestants. I love reading him. So we're going to get you back on for that book. Okay. 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 Well, thank you so much for, for joining us. Thank you. Thank you, Simonetta. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, that wraps up this edition of Bridge Radio. Please, everybody, go check out Simonetta Carr's books or Simonetta. Did I just say that again? Simonetta. Simonetta Simonetta Carr. I forgot how I was saying it before. I was really butchering it. But anyway, uh, yeah, go pick up her books, Reformation Heritage, their, their website. You could also, in the podcast description, we have Amazon Smile. There's a link there. Click it, and it'll send you right to Amazon. You can order books, whichever ones that you want, and some proceeds will actually go to help support Bridge Ministries. And also we have our uh, our giving tab there. So we just would like for you to prayerfully consider supporting Bridge Ministries rather on a monthly or one-time basis because that really allows us to continue Bridge Radio, our conferences, Bible studies, get more solid Reformation inventory here. And then just like we talked about at the beginning of the program, um, pretty much just help us even possibly with our new uh, facility that we might 
we might get. So you could, you could also give there and maybe write a little note if you wanted to go to the building fund. Yeah, that'd be great. And it allows us to continue to just get on great guests like Simonetta. We've yeah. had so many this, we, past, this past year. We have. Steve and I were just talking right now um, just about the, the guests that we have been blessed with getting. I mean, Peterson, uh, Phil Johnson, um, Beaky, you know, frame, Beaky Trumper. frame Trumper, uh, Jeff Durbin, James White. I mean, we, we've only been a podcast that's been around maybe for like a year and a half. I think we're possibly, maybe we're about to go on two years. I'd have yeah. to check the calendar, but uh, we've, we've just been tremendously blessed. So with that said, um, I would want to just ask our audience. We, 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 we see you guys where you guys listen and how many people listen for every podcast. But if you would like to talk about a certain topic or maybe even a book yeah. or get on a certain author that maybe we don't even know about or maybe we're even working on, um, send us an email, juliobridgeman at gmail.com. Yep. Let me know and, and I'll work on it. Or, hey, even better yet, if you have a Twitter account, tag them. And say you need to come out on Bridge Radio there you just go. just to kind of get the uh, the the, 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 get juice, the juices flowing. Get the juices flowing in their mind. Like who are these guys? Okay, so yeah, we're, we're theology nerds here. So we'll work on it. Yeah, uh, if you don't know Bridge uh, Bridge Ministries, we are a Reformed Christian bookstore, teaching ministry, and coffee shop out of the great state of Texas. Texas. So um, yeah, guys, um, please go check us out at our website bridgemanlaredo.org. And uh, yeah, as always, Steve, what is your only comfort in life and death? That I am not my own, but belong, body and soul, in life and in death, to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. All right, guys, that's a wrap. And I'm going to do Abe's part because he's not here. Later. Later. Later.